Those are great words to think about as we begin a new year, 2020, be strong and courageous. It's great to be here today to start off the new year the right way, worshiping our Father in spirit and truth. Thank you for being here. I see some new faces in the audience. We have, looks like family members who are here with us, people from the community as well. May God bless each and every one of you. I hope everybody had a great weekend, and I hope you have come here today to learn more about your Father in heaven. To, to worship together and to draw closer to our great king as we move into a new week and as we move into a new year. Well, what do you preach on the first Sunday of a new year, which happens to be the start of a new decade, which happens to be 2020? Of course, you have to do a sermon with 2020 in the title. There's just no other way you can do it, right? I mean, this is my only opportunity if I'm ever going to do something like this. It's got to be right now. There's been things on, on Facebook, and there's a lot of congregations out there that their theme for 2020 is 2020 vision. And so, of course, I have to say something about 2020. In all seriousness, the beginning of New Year's, it's a special time. Brother Dan Fontenot brought an invitation to us this past Wednesday, a great invitation too, about, about how we are comparing ourselves and the standard that we are to have. He looked at 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and making sure that we not just look in the mirror, but we also are hearers and doers of the word as he talked about in James chapter 1. And it's good for us to remember and to reflect and to, to, to remind ourselves who we are and what we should be striving to accomplish as we head into a new year. And I want to do somewhat the same. I want to do something similar. It's going to be a different topic. But as we start a new year, I think it's good for us to remember some important things as well. And so our study this morning is actually going to begin in the Old Testament. If you have your Bible, open it up, please, to 1 Samuel chapter 16. I want to begin by looking at the story where we find three men, King Saul, a prophet by the name of Samuel, and a young man who would become the next king of Israel, King David. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, we pick up this story here. Saul has been king of Israel, and yet he is going to be removed by God. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 1, the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you grieve over Saul since I have rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have selected a king for myself among his sons. But Samuel said, how can I go? When Saul hears of it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. You shall invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do. And you shall anoint for me the one whom I designate to you. So Samuel did what the Lord said and came to Bethlehem, verse 4. And the elders of the city came trembling to meet him and said, Do you come in peace? He said, I come in peace. Or he said, In peace, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. He also consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. This part of the story is what many of us may be familiar with here. When they entered, he looked at Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. And so he sees Eliab come in and he says, this has to be the next king. But in verse 7, the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature because I have rejected him. It appears that Eliab was a good-looking a good looking man. He was tall, probably handsome, fit the mode of a, of a leader, of a king. And, the, and God said, no, that's not going to be my guy. He said, you don't look at his appearance or at the height of his stature because 
I have rejected him, for God sees not as man sees. And I love this point here. God sees not as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And all the other sons of Jesse are going to come before the prophet. And each one of them is going to be rejected. And so when you drop down to verse number 11, Samuel said to Jesse, Are these all the children? And he said, There remains yet the youngest, and behold, he is tending the sheep. Then Samuel said to Jesse, Send and bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. So he sent and brought him in. So now this is where David comes onto the scene. Now he was ready with beautiful eyes and a handsome appearance. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him. For this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David. That's a, that's a whole other lesson right there. It appears the Holy Spirit came upon him from that day forward. And Samuel arose and went to Ramah. And so what we find here, we find an interesting account where King David is going to be anointed as the next king of Israel. He too, like Eliab, was, was handsome in appearance and, and tall, and he was beautiful in appearance as well. And what, yet there was something that made David special in the eyes of God. There was something that made David unique in the eyes of God. I want you to turn over real quickly here to Acts chapter 13. In Acts chapter 13, we find Paul giving a, a brief recount of the, the history of the Israelites. And he says something here about David that it gives us some more insight of what made David so special in the eyes of God. In Acts chapter 13 and verse number 22, in verse 21, Paul had been talking about Saul. He said, then they asked for a king and God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin for 40 years. After he had removed him, he raised up David to be their king concerning whom he also testified and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart who will do all my will. David was a great man. While it's easy for us to focus on many of his flaws, and he had a lot of flaws, and we can definitely think about some, and we can automatically pull out stories or think about stories where he made some colossal mistakes, sinful choices, But there was something unique about this man as well, even when it came to his sin, how he was willing to confess his sin, how he was willing to listen to wise counsel, like to the prophet Nathan, as he gave him. There was something that was unique with David in the fact that he was a man after God's own heart. One man has said this about David, that he sought to see things God's way. His vision was tuned in to his father above. David's eyes saw things through God's lenses. And I love that description of David because I believe it's accurate where David's mind was focused on, God, do you want me to do this? In fact, when you study his life in the Old Testament, before going out to battle, he would often do that. God, is this your will? And we know that this was a man who sought to do the will of God. And as we think about 2020, As we think about who we are as the people of God and going into a new decade, going into a new year, 
We need to make sure that we have that same kind of vision, where we seek to see things the way that God sees sees things, where we seek to do his will and not our will as we move into this new year. And so this morning, I do want to talk about 2020 vision, and it may not be what exactly you may think. There are lots of things that we could talk about when it comes to the proper vision we should have as a people of God. But I really want to focus on one main or big subject for the next few minutes. I want to talk about evangelism. As we move into a new year and a new decade, we need to make sure that we have the proper vision about this great work God has called us to be a part of. And it is a great work. And and oftentimes I can be a little bit cheesy in my preaching and teaching and things like that. But I want to I want to share a verse with you from Acts chapter 20 and verse number 20. After all, it is 2020. So what better verse for us to go to in Acts 20 and verse number 20? Because what we find here, we find the Apostle Paul talking to the elders from Ephesus. Paul had the right vision. He had the right mindset when it came to doing the great work of God. In Acts chapter 20 and verse number 20, he had talked about how he had served the Lord with humility, with tears, with trials, which came upon him through the plots of the Jews. Then in verse 20, he said, how I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you publicly and from house to house. I love that description there, how Paul had taught publicly and had taught house to house. That was, that's what he did when it came to the gospel. That's what he did when it came to assisting brothers and sisters sisters in Christ, and teaching them the word of God. And so as we move into 2020, as we think about the next 12 months and things we want to accomplish, have you already put together maybe your New Year's resolutions? If you have, have you already kept them? I know one of the big ones is like working out and things like that. Do you have some other goals in mind? Maybe it's to read 52 books in 52 weeks. Maybe it's to save more money whatever it may be that you are going after in 2020, on your list of goals, on your list of things to accomplish, be sure that you include God's great work, going out and teaching the lost, going out and helping to save a soul. As we think about 2020, I want to give you two thoughts as we move into this new year about evangelism and reaching the lost. As we consider 2020, number one, we need to see the great need that is, that is, that's there for us. We need to see the great need when it comes to the work of, uh, the work of God, of, of teaching the lost. Uh, one of the great blessings of God's work is that it brings joy on earth and joy in heaven when, when souls are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. This is the vision that Paul had. He saw the great need. He knew men and women were in need of salvation by the blood of Jesus Christ. Being on social media the last couple of weeks, I've seen that a lot of people have, a lot of people have like their word for 2020. Do you have like a word for 2020? Maybe that kind of like to define what you're going after or what you're trying to accomplish. If you do, that's great. But I'm going to give you three more words, okay? Go make disciples. That needs to be part of our vision. That needs to be part of our work. Go make disciples. This is what we should be all about as we move into 2020. We are going to read a popular passage or a passage that many of us are familiar with, but it's good for us to remember in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 19 and 20. In Matthew chapter 28, before Jesus ascended back into heaven, that's exactly what he told his apostles to do. Go make disciples. Go make disciples. 
followers of him, followers of Jesus, go make disciples. He said in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 19, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is what we need to be about. Those were their marching orders. Paul had the same marching orders. He was called out of due season, but as we saw in Acts chapter 20 and verse 20, that's exactly what he was doing. He was on a mission with the rest of the apostles. And whatever situation he found himself in, his mind was to go and make disciples. In Acts chapter 28, as we wrapped up our Bible reading for last year, and I wrote a bulletin about this, I want to go back to Acts chapter 28 as we see the last, at least part that Luke has recorded about the life of Paul in Acts chapter 28 and verse number 30 and 31. It's so fascinating. It's so encouraging to see Paul, even when he's in a tough situation, he's still doing the great work of God. In Acts chapter 28 and verse number 30, and he stayed two full years in his own rented quarters and was welcoming all who came to him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching concerning the Lord Jesus Christ with all openness unhindered. Brothers and sisters, that was his mindset. I know he was an apostle like Matthew and Peter and John and the others, but we need to have that same mindset as well. We need to have the proper vision. Go make disciples. One of the things that we need to make sure that we understand is the great need that is there. The apostles understood this, and even when there was suffering, they still saw the bigger picture. They were seeking to, to see things the way that God does. I want you to look at Acts chapter 5 and verse 41 and 42. It wasn't just Paul who had this kind of vision. The apostles had the same kind of vision as well. In fact, the, the wording is basically identical in Acts chapter 5 and verse number 41 and 42, where we find the apostles or Peter, Peter and John, uh, we find them after they had been persecuted in Acts chapter 5 and verse 41 and 42. They went on their way from the presence of the council rejoicing that they had been considered worthy to suffer shame for his name. And every day, every day in the temple and from house to house, there's that idea publicly and from house to house, they kept teaching, kept right on teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. You see, Peter, John, Paul, the others, they saw the great need that was there. And while there were difficulties in their lives, their years did not work out the, same, the way that they wanted them to work out. Their plans didn't always work out the way that they thought they would. But they saw the great need that was ahead. They saw the great need that was there, that men and women needed to be saved. On the slide there, I have Matthew chapter 9. We turn over to Matthew chapter 9, and Matthew chapter 9 we find here again this great need that even Jesus, who is described as the Lord of the harvest, reminds us of. And it's just a powerful thought when you think about the words of Jesus here in Matthew chapter 9. Let's start back up in verse number 35, and we'll read through verse 38. In Matthew chapter 9 and verse number 35, Jesus was going through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Listen to what he says next. Seeing the people, you see that? Seeing the people, he felt compassion for them. He saw that there was a great need. He felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, 
but the workers are few. The harvest is plentiful. There are people who are waiting to respond, waiting to respond. We just need a few workers. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest. Pray the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into, into his harvest. Do you see how Jesus saw the people? He saw them and recognized there was a great need. He saw them and he had compassion for them. Why? Because they were distressed, dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. What a sad commentary. Lives that, that, that are just all over the place. He saw the great need and he wanted his disciples to see the great need as well. They needed to have the proper vision. They needed to see things the way that he saw. They needed to see people the way that he saw people. People in need. Do we see the great need that is before us in 2020? Do we see the action that we need to take as we think about this harvest that is just literally waiting for us? It's waiting for you. It's waiting for me. The harvest is plentiful. We just need a few workers. The Lord of the harvest is concerned about lost souls. As we move into 2020, let's be concerned about lost souls as well. Do we see the great need that is before us? That's the kind of vision that we need to have. That's what Jesus, that's how he wants us to see. And that's how he wants us to to, to interact. He wants us to understand that there is a great need for the gospel of Jesus, even right now. There's a lot of chaos in the world, but the gospel still has a power to save souls. The gospel is still what men and women need. Do we see the great need? And do we see the great opportunities that are before us as well? Not only is there a great need, but Jesus is emphasizing there, there are opportunities that, that, that are before us. And we need to make sure that we understand these opportunities. We need to see people the right way. And we need to see the opportunities that are all before us. Sometimes we can have the wrong vision, and sometimes we can have the wrong mindset as we look at the work that is before us, the people that are out there, and the opportunities that are out there. Too many times we can see people as black or white, Republican or Democrat, rich or poor, young and old, but we need to see the people the way God does. They're made in his image, and they're outside of Jesus Christ. And when they're outside of Jesus Christ, they're in need of a Savior. They're in need of Jesus Christ. They're lost in their sins. You see, that's, the, that's, that's what Paul did. He saw people the right way. He saw the opportunities. Go back to Acts chapter 26. In Acts chapter 26 and verse number 22, remember when Paul was speaking to King Agrippa? I preached on this a couple of weeks ago. In Acts chapter 26 and verse number 22, as Paul was giving his conversion story, he said in verse 22, So having obtained help from God, I stand to this day testifying both to small and great, stating nothing but what the prophets and Moses said was going to take place. Paul spoke to both the small and the great. He saw people the way that God wanted him to see them. He saw these opportunities that were before him. It didn't matter who the people were. He saw them, whether they were small or great, and he capitalized on those opportunities as well. That's the mindset that we need to have. Paul and the apostles, you know what's fascinating about all this? They never lacked opportunities. Have you ever felt that way when it comes to evangelism? Have you ever gotten to a point where you just say, there's no one else to talk to. There's no other opportunities out there. I've talked to everybody I could ever talk to. You ever felt that way? The opportunities will never end. They will never end. The challenge for us is that we just sometimes don't have the right vision. 
we allow certain things to get in the way, and we don't see things the way that we should, the way that God often, the way that God sees things. Paul had that 2020 vision, teaching both to small and great, privately, publicly, whatever the opportunity presented. That's what he did. He, he capitalized on that. And Jesus, as he talked to his apostles in John chapter 4, I have Matthew 9 and verse 36, which we already looked at, and now Matthew cha- or John chapter 4, after Jesus got done talking to the Samaritan woman, and as his disciples returned in John chapter 4 and verse 34, Jesus wanted his apostles to know something very important. And Jesus said to them in verse 34, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not say there are yet four months and then comes the harvest? Listen to what he says next. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes. Pause. This time of year is so busy, isn't it? And before you know it, it's going to be April 1st. And we're going to wonder what has happened with January, February, and March. Where'd they go? And we can miss out on opportunities, people that come into our lives, family members, children that we have opportunity to teach. We can miss out on those opportunities if we're not careful. Lift up your eyes. That's what Jesus was telling his disciples here. Lift up your eyes. Look on the fields that they are white for harvest. Already he who reaps is receiving wages and is gathering fruit for life eternal, so that he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this case, the saying is true. One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. It's a team effort. What all of us need to do is have the right vision where we understand and truly buy into and believe there is a great need and I am going to be part of the solution. I am going to take this responsibility upon myself and I am going to open up my eyes, lift up my eyes, and I'm going to capitalize on the opportunities that are before me. Let us never say there's no more opportunities. They're they're all over the place. Our job is simply to see the great opportunities, to see things the way God sees things, to see people the right way, souls made in the image of God, in need of redemption, in need of a Savior. Brothers and sisters, There's so much work to do. We just need a few workers. And we will be successful. We already are successful because we're standing with Jesus Christ. We had souls saved last year. And what a blessing that a soul is saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, for two years, we've been focusing upon inviting people to services. Why do we do that? Because it works. There are people here today because someone invited them. It works. It really does. And we have focused upon getting out invite cards. Now, I haven't said anything about invite cards for a really long time, right? So you know, you know what I'm getting ready to say, right? Got some smiles in the audience. Yeah, we got these cards out here, out in the foyer. And, and something that we need to hold on to, we got to get them out. We got to get them out. We've kind of slowed down a little bit on getting these cards out. So we got we to pick it up, I think, a little bit more. I think last year in 2018, or maybe it was 2019, I talked about getting out five cards in a month. We can do that, right? And because we can do that so well and so efficiently, how about we just bump it up even more? How about five a week? I think we can do that as well. And if you can't do that by yourself, do it as a family. But I believe there are so many opportunities out there. Look for those opportunities. See people the way that God sees them in need of a Savior. And we'll have so many opportunities. Well, we won't know what to do. 
There are opportunities waiting for us. It's a new decade, and people are waiting for you to speak. You know, people want to be a part of something great. We already are a part of something great, the church of Christ, the body of Christ. We're a part of something great. Jesus is our head. People want to make a difference as they go into a new decade. You can make a difference right now, not just for somebody's life here, but also for eternity by sharing the good news with them. How much bigger of an impact can one truly make? And so as we think about 2020 and the right vision that we need to have, let's look for those opportunities in our homes to teach our families, to teach our neighbors in 2020. Maybe start a Bible Bible study in your house. It doesn't take a lot to to start talking to people and to, to find those opportunities around us. Invite people to services. When you when you get up from your pew in just a minute, and I've got to stop here in a minute, when you get up from your pew, look around and see, is there someone here that I don't know that appears that, to be a visitor? You go over there and you welcome them and say hello and, and introduce yourself and, and maybe even ask them, are you interested in a Bible study? Or have me talk to them. There are opportunities. We have so many people who come in here week after week. Paul had the right vision. The apostles had the right vision. Even the saints in Acts chapter 8, when they were scattered due to persecution, they were still preaching the word of God. They had the proper vision. I'm thankful this church also has a proper vision, that there are many here who understand the great need and the great opportunities that are all around us. Let's continue to excel still more, to continue to build upon what we have already built upon in 2020, and continue to talk and to share the greatest story, the gospel of Jesus, and who he is, and what he's done for mankind. Let's go to God in prayer. Father in heaven, we are so grateful that we are your people. We are so grateful that we are a part of something so great, not because of ourselves, only because of you. Help us, Father, to take the individual responsibility to see the great need to see the opportunities, and to capitalize upon them as we uh, live in this new year. Give us, uh, be with us, bless us, watch over us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.